Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. Beyond the Mask is also sponsored by crnaeducation.com. CRNAs, you can get the CE credits you need by just going to crnaeducation.com. They have over 100 AANA prior approved credits, all four core CPC modules, and even over 40 pharmacology credits. No subscriptions. It's all online and mobile friendly. Just go to crnaeducation.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out our CE credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hello, Sharon. How are you? doing good how are you doing good welcome to pennsylvania yes at yeah. the hotel hershey yeah at the i've eaten so much chocolate <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're at the pennsylvania association of nurse anesthetists or do we say anesthesiologist now uh, is it still anesthetist or you can say whatever you would like <laughs> I know the debate is still raging out there. Yes, so. it is. Yes, yeah. it is. But so we got another uh, great episode lined up today. And you know I'm looking forward to this. I know you this are. This is my jam. It is your jam. Well, since it's your jam, would you like to in- introduce our guest? Absolutely. I would like to introduce Matt McCullough. Matt, has he's going to tell a little bit more about himself in just a few minutes, but the thing that makes it my jam is he ran for office. So there's probably only, there's less than 10 CRNAs in the whole country Mm, that have run for office. And unfortunately, Matt and I do share one thing that we were both unsuccessful in our bids. But I playfully say to this one doc I work with sometime, I was a loser. And he tells me, no, ma'am, you are not. You are a learner. Oh, I like that. Because you've learned from this. And yeah. So anyway, not to take away any of your thunder, Matt, why don't you tell our listeners who you are, and um, we'll go from there. All right. Uh, so I'm Matt McCullough. I'm from Bucks County, Newtown specifically. Uh, I've been a certified registered nurse anesthetist since 2002. That's a long time ago. I used to be, I would be the youngest person in the room, and now mm. I'm oftentimes the <laughs> oldest person in the room. Gosh, and two th- we say 2002 a long time ago. Isn't that funny? Because, uh, you know, I remember 2002 like it was, you know, Yesterday. last year. You know? <laughs> well, it was right after the Y2K scare. Yeah, whole, absolutely. And now it's AI. Right? You, you know what? The world's always going to end, you know? I didn't even think about it. It's a recurring theme. Yes. Yes. Whatever the news media can spin for us. But but that's a perfect reason to run for office, right? Because everybody's Mm -hmm. telling you the world's going to end or this is going to go wrong. And, uh, you know, who better than somebody with a healthcare background, with a nursing background, who's, um, you know, we're traditionally very compassionate people. We're uh, traditionally seen as the most trusted profession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who better than people 
uh, with that experience, with that life experience, than to go out to Harrisburg and fix some of the wrongs that are mm. happening in the state. Exactly. Right. So wh- where did you go to school? Nazareth Hospital. Nazareth school Hospital. Of nurse Anesthesiology, okay. unfortunately, no longer uh, open. Hmm. Hmm. How many programs does Pennsylvania have now? I, I think they're still up there around 10. Yeah. Okay. Don't quote me on the number, but it's, it's I believe, the number one state for producing nurse anesthetists. I do. Yeah. I do I think believe that. Is it still the, the largest state or is well, Texas it, bigger It vacillates. Now? The yeah. four largest states um, are usually Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Texas, Florida. Florida. Yeah. And they kind of jockey back and forth. But yeah. Hmm. with the numbers of CRNAs they have. So, Matt, you're from Pennsylvania, right? I am. Yeah, you ran for office here, so we're interested in learning a little bit more about that. And so why don't we just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, that 2022 Senate campaign okay. and what happened and, and why it happened. So it obviously started before 2022. I have to go back to October of 2021, uh, Halloween sitting around the table. Uh, My (laughs) daughter was out trick-or-treating with her friends as we do every year. And the usual parent banter, you know, this is going wrong, that's going wrong. Mm, The people that we have in office haven't done anything to fix it. Start throwing ideas out there and the idea came up, hey, you do it. You (laughs) fix it. (laughs) Which, Uh. you know, I've always been paying attention to politics and what's going on in the world, obviously, but I was never, you know, I go and vote and, but I was never a committee person. I never joined party leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just engaged in what was going on in my community. And um, I said, yeah, you know what? I will. Hmm. Which seems like a simple concept, right? And it's one of the things I want to talk about. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. one of the things uh, that you've spoken about multiple times is how do you go from, yeah, I'll be the person to do it. To be. How do I get there? And then flash forward a bit and I found myself oftentimes after the primary after having been endorsed unanimously from the local party unopposed in the primary so obviously moving on to the general election I'm like they really let me get here mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept waiting for somebody to knock on the door call me up and say wait a second we have to slow down yeah what qualifies you to do this and and what qualified me ultimately was just being willing to be the person to stand up and say these are my ideas. This is what I think is wrong. And this is how I would go about solving for it. Hmm. So who was at this table? I want to know. I think if I said their names, they'd get upset with me. Uh, but it's just, okay. So it was friends. Uh, I mean, friends. friends. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And gotcha. My poor uh, your, wife, your I think the next day spouse. when I said, yes, I will. <laughs> I don't think she believed me at first. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until about a month and a half later. Fortunately, I, I knew Jess Poole, uh, mm-hmm. our GRC for PANA. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of the first people I reached out to and said, you know, I think I, I want to run for state level office. Has anyone ever done that before here? And, you know, where do I start? And so she was great with the introduction. She brought me out to Harrisburg. Uh, there happened to be a fundraiser that some of our Senate leadership in Pennsylvania was going to be at. And I got to meet some people out there, get some ideas and you know, get some contacts for how to really get a campaign started and right. off the ground. Okay. Wow. Well, you guys do have a lot in common, huh? Yes. Campaign started and off the ground, didn't know how to do it. Yes. Yeah. A lot of similarities. I agree with you 100% with what the surgeon said to you. You're not a loser. I only look at not winning the election as an opportunity to have Mm -hmm. learned so much from that process from last year. Mm -hmm. And it's only a loss if I don't take everything that I learned last year and apply it to the future, whether it's for a run for myself or another seat that becomes available. 
Uh, currently, my wife's running for office this year. No oh, wow. way. So, What's she running for? Uh, township supervisor <coughs> oh, in Newtown. Nice. Uh, and she is, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. If may, this may be the thing I ask you to cut out later. But the, one of the first meetings we had with party leadership, they, they addressed her and said, get ready. It's going to be a tough year. Or you're going to have to hold down the fort. And I thought, uh, well, she's so much more than that. I mean, mm-hmm. she works for a Fortune 500 company in, in uh, New York. She leads teams, multi-million dollar budget. She's way more than holding down the fort. Right. And through my campaign, people got to meet her and see what kind of person she was. Mm-hmm. And I had said all along, oh, she's definitely the better candidate. She's definitely the better candidate. Uh, and now people are going to get to see that this year. Wow. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm spending my time... Uh, working on her campaign. Oh, that's awesome. With all that you've learned. Well, y- interestingly enough, I-, I think my husband would be a better candidate um, than I am. I mean, no. Pierce. Yeah. He can relate to people oh for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, everybody, everybody knows him. So you kind of touched on for just a few minutes whenever we first started talking about why nurses are the perfect. I did. The perfect uh, candidates. Were we taping then? <laughs> Whatever. So why don't I don't know, but I will rehash yes. it anyway. Um, so I'm 48 now, um, 49, sorry, and I've been in healthcare since I was 15 years mm-hmm. old. Um, from the time I was a teenager, I was a nursing assistant, and then a nurse, and then worked as a nurse, and then anesthesia. Mm-hmm. And so it's the vast majority of my life I've been taking care of people. Uh, it comes very naturally to me, and to anyone yeah. in nursing. Right. I mean, it's just part of who you are. Um, we're problem solvers, uh, if not through nursing, definitely through our anesthesia training. That is what we do. We identify problems, mm-hmm. we come up with solutions, so we implement them, and we reevaluate the effect of what we did. Nursing process. Exactly. ADPI, right? Is that the old acronym, ADPI? Mm. Assess, diagnose, plan, implement, evaluate? Lord have mercy. Wow. Uh, you just you, rattled you that off. You have been out a long time. I've been out <laughs> a lot longer than that. So. <laughs> um, and, and as far as um, you know, getting into those seats in public perception, Nurses, and this is what I spoke about earlier, I think it's 22 years in a row now and the number mm-hmm. one most trustworthy <coughs> profession. Right. Um, and when you consider um, at whatever level you're at, I mean, 20, almost 20% of our GDP is spent on health care. Right. I have, because I'm an interested person, watched multiple health care forums where the legislators are hearing uh, testimony on bills that are put before them, and they have no experience. There's the rare exception. I think Pennsylvania has one nurse in the state house and, and one nurse who's also a lawyer. So I'm not sure if that still counts. That's one of the state mm-hmm. senators. Um, so there's not a real breadth of medical knowledge there. Right. And so much of what comes before them, um, yeah. you know, and for the CRNA perspective, practice related issues, um, they're really not in the best place to be able to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. And nursing touches everything. <coughs> it does. All the social determinants of health. And so that makes us yeah. even more perfect for, and I'll, I'll give you some background of why this is. Whenever I went to Yale and we designed the uh, campaign school for mm-hmm. nurses, the dean had a council of people who basically helped raise money for Yale School of Nursing. And she wanted us to present and one of the men basically attacked us and said, just what do nurses know about policy? What do nurses know about transportation? What do nurses know about foreign policy? And I disagree that they are the perfect people 
to do this. And so we kind of went head to head just a little bit. And I just said, do you currently believe that representation out there is reflective of the American public? <laughs> I agree. So it was kind of interesting. Well, and, and it is interesting, you know, when you when you start talking about GDP and, you know, I talk about this all the time, healthcare being 20% of GDP, all of these issues that are here now at some point are really going to have to be dealt with. And if if you're... What do you what do you always say if you're not on the at no. the table you're, you're, on the the menu. Menu. you're on the menu yeah um, and you know that's very true because we can follow the healthcare dollars and know that one day our government's going to have to deal with this bloated balance sheet that we have and healthcare is going to be the largest percentage of that you know as a, you know along with other entitlements but and it's going to have to be dealt with in such a way and if we don't have representation from nurses. Um, as we've seen over the last year or two during COVID, trying to cap nurses' pay, you know, you're going to have more of these types of issues where we're kind of out of touch with what's really going on because they truly just don't understand it. And we need people like you two running for office. So, you know, get back up on the horse and get mm-hmm. going. <laughs> hey, CRNAs, it's time to simplify your continuing education. Welcome to CRNAeducation.com, your trusted provider for CPC core modules and a plethora of Class A CE credits. You can explore 43 detailed articles covering various anesthesia topics, all from your favorite device, anytime, anywhere. And with over 40 pharmacology CE credits, meet your state board requirements effortlessly. Whether you need a few credits or everything to recertify, we have what you need. Just complete your credits online without any subscriptions or recurring charges. You can trust in our 100% CRNA-owned platform, established in 2011, ensuring you receive the best in customer service and educational content. Ready to learn? Go to crnaeducation.com, making continuing education easy and accessible. And don't forget that support is always a quick email or a text or phone call away. To sign up and learn more, just go to crnaeducation.com. So let's step it back just a little bit and let's talk to CRNAs out there who (coughs) might be contemplating running for office. So let's talk about the steps that they would need to take or should take. Okay, something I'm becoming very passionate about lately. Um, (laughs) Obviously, as I've stated, we need more, and not just CRNAs, nurses, but we'll speak specifically to CRNAs. Um, I guess what I did is a great first step. Uh, Reach out to your state association. Uh, Everyone's got a government relations chair or some similar title, uh, someone who has an inroads already in the Capitol. Right. Um, Oftentimes has worked with some of the lobbyists that are out there and some of the key opinion people um, that you might want to get in front of. Um, but even so for me, I kind of skipped over a couple of steps when I started that mm-hmm. process when really I should have started more from the grassroots level and reached out to my local township party leadership, introduced myself, mm. said I would like to do this, then gone up to the county level. And then ultimately you wind up in Harrisburg, you know, as Pennsylvania, as an example, talking to party leadership there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you can start local. And before you even do that, and I think certainly I would do this differently, as I, I would have gotten, I think, involved more locally because it wasn't as political as I thought. And in, in retrospect, I did get involved. It's just that I was serving on the finance committee of my township. I just didn't uh. consider it a political 
position. Right. I just considered a community service. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it was an unpaid thing. I thought, hey, you know, we, we have to have people in the community that know how to read a budget yes. and <laughs> uh, make recommendations. And then ultimately, after doing that for a year, I didn't find it terribly rewarding. So I said, you know, zoning hearing board sounds cool. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, that's a hotbed. And it uh-huh. is. And, I'm, and I still serve on the mm-hmm. zoning hearing board. It's a five-year term. And, um, and it's been very rewarding because it's really about having a role in shaping what your community looks mm-hmm. like, not just now, but into the future. Mm. And so, I mean, that's, that's been a, a very rewarding thing. So that, I mean, the, things like that are a great place to start. And, and for where I live, there's about a 30% vacancy on those voluntary positions. Wow. So we really need people from the community, regardless of background, to get involved anyway. Uh, but if you're a nurse or a nurse anesthetist, that's a great spot to start. And then you can meet the local party leadership and they can get to know you a little bit. And when those positions come up or those seats come up uh, and they're looking for candidates, you're kind of right there front of mind. So it br- he does bring up a, a great point. If you're involved in your party now, if you're listening and you're saying, I am an independent or unaffiliated, unfortunately, it's hard to get on a ballot. It's hard to get elected. So you're going to have to declare one side or another pretty much. But getting involved with your your party. I moved about five years ago. I went to two women's meetings of the Republican women hmm. i'm now their treasurer <laughs> i know don't That's look at dangerous. me like, i know it is <laughs> oh i know gosh. but uh, i had an accountant help me to begin uh, with because okay. they were still filing all of their reports by hand they were not digitized wow. no yet. quick wow. so no but they have them now but now i'm known in my local party and I, that's helpful. Well, that's a good point. You know, Matt, you said one of the things that you would have done different is probably started at the local level. And is there, as you look back now, are, are there things that you look at and go, man, I should have done that differently. I should have done this this way. Or things that you've learned from that if and when the opportunity shows itself again, that you would do differently this time. I probably would have made the decision to enter the race a lot sooner. Absolutely. Uh, You can never have enough time to get to know people. Um, You know, when you run, they sit down and they say, there's this race is about two things, doors and dollars. Ah. You have to (laughs) knock on doors and talk to voters and you have to raise dollars. It's common sense, right? Common sense, yeah. Um, But you don't realize how difficult it is to accomplish until you start doing it. And so I would have maybe started in 2020. Uh, not mm. raising dollars necessarily, but getting out and talking more to people in the community. And one of the more anxiety-inducing things to do when you first get started, but probably the most rewarding thing once you're done. Mm. Uh, mm. Because there are people now, and my wife and I joke, that our social circle is so much bigger now, mm-hmm. and we like always yeah. have things to, to go to. Getting to know more the people in, the, so for me, it was a district of 260,000 geographically a lot different socioeconomically very varied there's a lot of different people different cultures of people that you get to meet over the Mm -hmm. course of a year when you're running a race like that that maybe you didn't have as quite as good an appreciation for you didn't know as well right or even just parts of the district that i had not ventured into often and great restaurants that i found (coughs) and new Mm -hmm. friends that i made there and it really gives you an appreciation for for where you live and the fabric of your community yeah. Was COVID an issue for you? 
Uh, well, COVID was an issue for everyone. Um, <laughs> I mean, d- yes, d- during this, d- did you find that? Uh, as far as the election process? Well, the election process and even getting out and meeting people and so forth, or were you more no, on the tail end No, by that end point, we, were, we yeah. were on the tail end of it. Uh, yeah. It was definitely, you know, as a CRNA business owner, it was definitely impactful for right. us. I mean, right. uh, a lot of the work that we did uh, was in surgery centers, and those right. were all the places that just got shuttered. Um, but it did create a unique opportunity for us because we had all of these healthcare providers who were excellent uh, advanced practice nurses, many of them, uh, the ones that work in New Jersey are licensed that way. And problems came up that needed solutions that weren't being solved anywhere else. So it was a great opportunity to be able to step up as a company and really get out there and start being problem solvers. Um, so there were you know, COVID vaccination programs they mm-hmm. needed staff for. I don't know if you remember that rollout when it first came from the federal government. It was, I think, seven large pharmacies. Yes. Um, but they actually had to get the vaccinations from the pharmacies into the patients. Right. And that required healthcare providers. So we were able to help with that. Uh, we were able to step up and provide staffing in some of the ICUs in the area, mm-hmm. which imagine a small community hospital. Uh, mm-hmm. We know what that ICU looks like routinely on a after hours or on a weekend. It's quiet. Yeah, you know, attendings are are managing the care from home, and now imagine it during COVID. So it's not it was never staffed to be able to handle critically ill mm-hmm. patients at the levels that we were seeing around the clock for such a prolonged period of time, and a lot of the CRNAs that came to work with us from all over the country did yeoman's work uh, for long, long hours and took great care of people. I'm really proud of that. Let me ask you: do, here, do you? just have to file it's not one of the states where you've got to get signatures to be put on the ballot is it mm. it is we do not in north carolina all you have to do is file oh that sounds i know so nice. isn't it amazing <laughs> although uh, normally you get three weeks mm-hmm. because there were so many challenges going on sure. um, with the redistricting process you know the census came out in 2020 mm-hmm. and then they were redrawing the districts it got pushed back so long they cut it down to 10 days to get how many signatures do you have to get? You need 500, which means you need a thousand. Right. You want to be mm-hmm. safe. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to challenge some of them, mm-hmm. um, which is really nine days because that tenth day you're driving them to Harrisburg because you're yeah. not going to mail them. You're not going to hand them right. to somebody. I personally yeah. put them in the person's hand, and so nine days to get a thousand signatures. So how did you handle that? Just um, hang out at the Walmart? <laughs> I knocked on a lot of doors, but I also had a lot of help. Yeah. So all these people that ultimately I, I got to know so much better over the year um, through running the campaign that I didn't know as well locally because I hadn't been involved with the party locally. Um, they came out before they even got to know me mm-hmm. um, well anyway, mm-hmm. um, to the point that they do now and, and really stepped up and, and helped out. And I think we turned in, we had over a thousand, but I didn't, one of, one of the sheets was the wrong sheet. So I didn't bother submitting it. So I think I turned in like 990. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a lot easier in North Carolina. <laughs> you just you just show up, get your picture made, and pay your. I think it's like two hundred fifty dollars or something hmm. to file. Yeah, I think ours is one fifty. Right. Yeah. Matt, as a business owner, is there there were there things that you saw in the CRNA community as a business owner that maybe guided you to kind of want to do this as well? Well, certainly when you look at motivations to run, there's a lot of them. Uh, one of them is CRNA-related issues, right? I've right. been a 
part of PANA for years and the ANA for years, and I'm a big PAC guy. And, you know, definitely advocacy is something I support, um, not just financially, but with my words and actions. Right. Um, you know, as business owners, we are striving to offer our customers whatever it is that they need. Um, for some people, that might be anesthesiologist in every room or an anesthesiologist covering four rooms for a smaller center that's trying to handle the financial aspect of being in business nowadays as it's gotten harder and harder and inflation's mm -hmm. gotten worse and worse. It might be looking at solutions that are CRNA-centric. Right. We just want to be able to give our clients the opportunity to select the business model that works best for them. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. All right, let's go back. I want to know, what was your district like that you were running in? As far as the breakdown of... R&D. And, <clears throat> and you um, told me you, it was originally a D plus one. Yeah, so w when I decided to run, it was just prior to the final maps being redrawn, and I think it was D1, D2, uh, mm -hmm. so slightly Democratic, and it went from that to about a D14. Okay, explain uh, to our listeners what that means. I uh, ran it, in an R plus 13 district, and I uh, ran as an R. Jealous. I know, you should I'm be. Super jealous. Still lost, but <laughs> it, w it was an easier district to so run. So what in. does that mean? I, I think typically when people talk about gerrymandering, they infer that it's the Republican Party that does the gerrymandering. Well, mm -hmm. we learned from the Democrats it how to goes, do it. It definitely <laughs> goes both ways. It does. I hope somebody appreciated the Republican votes they picked up. From my district that I lost. <laughs> I know who it is. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but, it, but it certainly became more advantageous mm -hmm. for the incumbent state senator who had a hand in, in shaping what that would look like. Well, what I mean by D1, D2, uh, what they do is they look at your district. And if it went Democratic, how Democratic did it go based on the presidential election? Mm. So oh, okay. that, that's, that that's how you get it. So Trump, let's say Trump <clears throat> won my county, right. and he won it by 13 points. So ah. I, it, I'm, I'm an R plus 13. So, gotcha. so did, did, I, did I explain that? You did. Correctly. Mm -hmm. So you need, before you go out to run, it's kind of smart to know what your district looks like. And mm. so you'll know what the odds are. If you've got a base there. So Matt was running against an incumbent, correct? Correct. Mm. And you were running as a Republican. Correct. Correct. And so at a D plus one, you would think he had a good chance. But then the redraw, you were in a D plus 14. 14. Mm. Wow. So the odds were stacked against him that's, right there. But that's okay. It is good. <laughs> I mean, you could still, I mean, people win all the time hmm. um, when the odds are against them. But yeah. let's talk about your campaign we just had, a little bit. We had a great message which resonated with a lot of our voters, regardless of, of party affiliation. Uh, we were going against an incumbent whose 
been in Harrisburg for first as a state rep and then a state mm-hmm. senator for 12 years, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. believe, and who had never actually passed a bill that he had written. Oh, my. And that wow. was, even that was one easy. One of our talking points <laughs> was 0 for 94 of, mm-hmm. of, oh, of bills, bills that he sponsored. <clears throat> and when I say, you know, sometimes they sign on to somebody sure. else's bill and it gets passed. That's not the same as being the prime sponsor on a bill. 0 for wow. 94 over 12 years as a prime sponsor. Um, wow. Which, you know, the detractors of that would say that, well, you know, it's Republicans control. But what it really shows you is a lack of an ability to sit down and compromise. We all know there's problems. Mm-hmm. Right. The left's right. not fully right. The right's not fully correct either. Let's meet somewhere in the middle and at least propose a solution. Right. And when you can propose solutions that other people can buy into, it really speaks to your ineffectiveness as a legislator. Hmm. So for me, that was one of the main reasons I decided to go for that seat and to go against that state senator. Wow. So tell us about your campaign. And what was your most favorite thing to do? And what was the thing that it definitely you wasn't getting up in front of a room full of people with a <laughs> microphone? You didn't love that? Uh, no. For th- for those for those that know me, my wife in particular, and she always say it's it's going to be okay. You know, there's always an anxiety. Oh, absolutely. Even for things yeah. like mm-hmm. this, when you're putting a microphone yeah. on to 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 go and speak, and it gets better as you get going. But that warm up phase, it's kind of mm-hmm. like running a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. The first mile really hurts, and then by yep. the time you get going, you're on cruise control, and it's okay. Is that how it feels? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of exaggerated. Sure. I meant 5K. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, yeah there, you that's go. there you truly go. Truly more my speed. <laughs> um, yeah, and so um, my favorite part was it was definitely knocking on doors. <gasps> it was just talking that's to funny. regular people. That's what people. you said too. Yeah, it is. Isn't that really? Because that's interesting. At to the me. end of the day, it reminds you why you're doing. It's very hard because you're you're walking and sometimes in the snow and the rain and the really hot days and you're sweating. Sometimes somebody will slam a door in your face. Occasionally they'll call you a name, but just as often, the nice lady that lives there will open up the window on the second floor of her house, pop her head out, and say, "The door's open. Just come on in, honey." Yeah, uh, or or what happened to me? This lady comes out. You could uh, you could smell she was cooking, and she said, "Oh, I make all the desserts for my daughter's restaurant. Do you want some? Come on in the house, and we'll give you some dessert." We start talking, and I'm asking her about herself, and she said, "Oh, I t- I teach English to non um, English speaking hmm. people." She keeps going on. Finally, I keep looking at her. And I said, well, where did you teach? She said, Davis Townsend. I said, are you Miss Ford? And she goes, yes. I go, well, I'm Sharon Phillips. She goes, oh, my God. I knew you were going to be something one day. She taught me in the third grade. <laughs> but funny? you were already something prior to that. Uh, that's right. Wow. It was, it was pretty cool. Huh. Of course, then we saw my daughters were door knocking with me. And we went to the door of my sixth grade teacher, and I think he has a little dementia, and he come out with his <laughs> boxers on, and oh, the front of them were hanging up. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> as long as he votes for you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Just go. remember my name. <laughs> yeah. um, but um. The, the campaign was, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, there's certainly, and I think I said to you earlier, growing up with red hair, you develop a thick skin at a young age, mm-hmm. so the the usual political stuff happens, as it does on everyone's campaign nowadays, because politics are as partisan as mm-hmm. they are. It's easy enough to let it roll off my back. Uh, I guess also being used to having surgeons working with you every day, and we're used to dealing with unique personalities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you just kind of let that water run under that bridge um, and just keep working at it. 
talking to people of both parties, uh, independents, meeting as many people as you possibly can. And Any you, <laughs> independents did you have in your district? Because it's the fastest growing party. 19, 18. Really? Yeah. That's all? Percent. That's, I know, it's uh, in North Carolina now, there are uh, 30 percent, over 30 oh, percent, really? and the fastest growing. Yes, so that will leave some room. It's interesting, though, that it's so difficult. I actually just had this conversation with my son the other day. He said, why didn't you run as this, or why didn't you run as that? And I, I'm a fairly moderate Republican, whatever Same. label you want to attach to that right. and things. I always told him, you know, there's 10 percent of people on the left that are really, really loud. And they're yes. the extreme ones. And there's 10% of people on the mm-hmm. right that are really, really loud, and they're extreme that way. I'm in the 80%, and that's who I want to speak for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people have enough mouthpieces. And so we had asked me, well, why didn't you run as an independent or a third-party candidate? And right. It's, it's unfortunate that the process is what it is. It's just not something you're going to have a lot of success at right now, at least not in my area. Yeah. Well, are there any people that maybe you'd like to thank for their support throughout the process? I would. Do we have about two more hours? It's, it's a very long list. <laughs> we'll, we'll let it go, yeah. Um, certainly, primarily be my, my wife and my kids. I mean, it's, um, and you know, mm-hmm. from going through the process, it is a, it's a rough year to go through. You're not home a lot. Sometimes you're working in the operating room in the morning, and then you're going right from there in your scrubs with a suit in the back of your car to get changed to go to an event. Fortunately, I have short hair. It's really easy to throw some product in and fix it up real quick, um, getting home at midnight and getting it up and doing it all over again Mm. um so they you know they do a lot without you and uh, so she really did hold down the fort in that sense uh same for my kids um they would come out to the fundraisers they were always a constant presence and supportive and beyond i mean beyond family there's so many people in the community that i didn't know until i started to do this that i now know and consider friends i'm sure lifelong friends Mm -hmm. whose campaigns I'm, i'm helping out on now because they believed in me and they worked hard for me. And I'm, I'm certainly going to do the same because I feel the same way about them. Jess, Poole, certainly, Panna, um, the large community of CRNAs from around the country who heard about my campaign, who heard that I was running. And even if they weren't located in Pennsylvania, they knew how important it was for CRNAs to have advocacy on the state level. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, that's a message they really took to heart. It's a message that's very important to me, and it's one that I'm going to continue to pound as long as I can to recruit more people. I mean, we have such a large community of intelligent, dedicated, caring people in the CRNA world um, that would do amazing things towards getting rid of partisanship mm-hmm. or at least ratcheting it down mm-hmm. a few notches and actually sitting at the table and coming up with solutions. Exactly. So what would you say to CRNAs who may be listening to this and they're thinking, I might run? What would you say to them? I'm going to interject for just a minute because, you know, Sharon, you actually did your talk earlier today. And as I was walking through um, the the outside out there, I was going to sit out there in the rocking chair and I heard a conversation going on and it was a, a group of CRNAs and they said, you know, every time I hear this political stuff, I just shut down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear that from so mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. CRNAs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, more than anything, I, I think that is something that we need to kind of address. Right. Because, you know, what does that mean? And how do we get that group to say, you know, maybe I don't want to run for office. You know, maybe, maybe I don't like politics, you know, but... 
how do you get the importance of some way being supportive to CRNAs who are running or CRNAs who want to run? How do you get that across? Well, for, I think the first thing that needs to be fixed is the lack of advocacy at a higher percent of the population of CRNAs. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of what the yearly voting totals look like. I mean, I'm always disappointed yeah. when I see Pennsylvania has 8% of the CRNAs vote for mm. our new ANA leadership. That's not going to be a successful way to move forward as a profession. Uh, we need more people to, even if they don't want to run for politics, if they don't want to pay attention to the politics, at least support the organization that's out there doing the work for you mm. uh, and support the candidates that are out there doing the work for you. I mean, it's we're going up against a behemoth. And we know that yeah. the ASA is the number one funded uh, medical lobbying group in the country. I think the ANA is eighth or seventh. The, it's the largest nursing pack in the country. Largest nursing pack, but as as far as the other healthcare yes. professionals, we're still a bit dwarfed by them, and so we're we're going up against a big gun. Yeah, translates to the state level as well. So here in Pennsylvania, you know, last year we had an AA bill, an anesthesia assistant bill, come through. Um, so they're, you know, not liking the politics and not wanting to pay attention. It's it's akin to having your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hoping that everything works out. And if you don't take an active role, again, if you don't, if you don't mm-hmm. have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. Well, I've always said, you know, the ASA and anesthesiologists have done a great job in marketing to their constituents because they have done a wonderful job. Anytime anything comes mm-hmm. up, you know, I see some of the emails and stuff from the ASA. And, and basically, the nurses are attacking our way of life. They're going to take away your income. You went to medical school, you came out with $500,000 in debt, and now these nurses are going to take your job. And they really equated it back to the individual on a emotional, financial level. And I've always said, and uh, you know, I still continue to say this, is that CRNAs have not done that to this point, and they haven't gotten it across to their constituents that what is going on at the ASA level could affect them in their personal level. I think CRNAs, and this is just Jeremy talking, and hopefully I don't get any hate email, but I think CRNAs have had it good for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, income's good, quality of work is good, quality of life is good, um, and they really haven't been challenged in that environment. And I think that in order to get them, it become a little bit, apathetic i mean i know you i know you don't agree with me when i say apathetic i just mean everything is good you know and when everything is good you know people tend to get a little more whenever the rubber meets the road i guarantee they're there and uh, you had aa legislation in this state Mm -hmm. they come out for that so they it's not a constant something that's motivating them you will right. we'll just have little blips but yeah. at least we've got blips but i think you still gotta somehow you've got to get that emotional attachment mm. to the crna population i don't know how you do it it's not my forte but i know that the you know, when, when bills come out in in my industry and they say you know what um the senate has taken up a bill that's attacking independent contractor status for financial advisors in this mm. country send money or, you know, basically could take away the way we run our business across the country. And there's a lot more of us than there are CRNAs. But, you know, that gets us going, wow, you know, think about that. Gosh, if I couldn't do that, now I've got to become a W-2 employee. What happens to my employees? Whole business model changes. Um, Gosh, this is pretty important. 
it could affect my whole way of life. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? You know, I start to send letters right. and I send them money sure. because they're working on my behalf because it, you know, but I don't know that we're getting that message. I think it's because our background is we're nurses. We're, we, we don't prioritize ourselves. No, absolutely over not. Over other people. We, we put ourselves secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an uncomfortable conversation to have because it's, it feels like a scare tactic. Yeah. Um, but the people that are informed on the legislation that's coming through know that it's, it's not really just a scare tactic. I mean, well, this it, it is, could fundamentally change how, how this your profession is, a, is run. This is kind of a sidebar, but we're talking about going up on dues for the mm-hmm. AANA. CRNAs are going to lose their minds. Some of yeah. them are going to. And yet, Jeremy, what's your dues for your association? $1,500 a year, right? We've had this discussion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's $1,500 a year. And CRNAs for the AANA, it's six hundred and fifty dollars a year. Isn't mm. that right? Or six forty-five? Is it? Is it a year? Every year? It's a, it, yes, I, I believe it is. I think I have it set up to auto deduct, so I haven't yes. paid attention in a couple of years. Yes, and they just want to stair step for three years and go up by sixty-five dollars a year for three years to get us up. So look at that. That's still less than what your dues are. What the ASA's dues are. You know, I wonder what, I the, it's going to be interesting to know yeah, that, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, I would think 600 bucks a year and part of that goes to the state, right? Yeah. If I remember right, Two, yeah. yep. 200 bucks of that. 230, 250 goes so, to the state. Um, so anyway, we yeah. digress. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's fast forward. Um, everybody knows the ending to the story. You were unsuccessful. It hurts to lose. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Um, but I always say um, losing doesn't stick. Nobody remembers mm-hmm. the loser. Who who did I run against for AANA president? Nobody no knows because you forget those people. <laughs> so we're forgettable, forgettable Matt. Mm-hmm. But um, how has your family held up through this grueling process? And, and it is indeed grueling but rewarding. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing with this? And how is your family doing with this? Wow. Well, for, I'm, I'm perfectly fine uh, and happy, and I'm back to giving some anesthesia again, which is always fun. But it, uh, I also found a new balance. I'm no longer doing 40 hours a week in the operating room. I'm more engaged locally. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I have, have started this new tradition where we go and have lunch with our rotary group on Wednesday that we're a part of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. a, a fun Wednesday date afternoon with a great group of people who do wonderful things in the community. It's just a nice, positive uh, feeling that you get from leaving a group of people like that. Uh, so just kind of refocus and reprioritize. And, and you know, working all the time is not as important. Taking care of my family, being available in my community, volunteering whatever I can to, to Pana. Happy to, you know, and answer questions for, for other CRNAs or other nurses that are considering getting into politics and where to start. And I definitely encourage anyone who's listening to this, if you don't know where to start, I'm happy to help and answer any question I can. You can reach out to me through Facebook. It's probably the easiest way. Well, as we kind of wrap this up, Matt, anything you want to conclude on, maybe get across to our listeners? and Yeah, I mean, just um, probably advocacy. It's where we started the conversation. It's probably where mm-hmm. we should finish the conversation. Um you know, whether you're paying your dues to your state or, or national association or you're a recurring donor to the PAC, which is an amazing feeling when you get whatever that gift is every year that they send out, you're really investing in your career. It's professional uh, insurance, mm-hmm. as it were. 
and get involved. Get involved in, in your state association, your national association, your community, whatever level, whatever interests you to to give back in, whether it's a profession or, or in your community, do it. It's a rewarding feeling, and uh, we need more people doing it, especially CRNAs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you. Thank you for being thank here, Great to sharing be your story with us, and uh, we wish you luck in the future. Maybe we'll see you running again. and. Uh, hopefully, Probably. hopefully your wife uh, will win her election as well, and you're learning more and and growing. But you know, maybe both of you jump back in the ring. You'll be the first two CRNAs to to win as well. So, right, Sharon? Well, we've got two CRNAs. In we do in South Dakota. South Dakota. Oh, that's right. It yeah. is South Dakota. That's right. Yeah. Well, two CRNAs outside of and South we Dakota. Have How right. about that? Right. And there we also we have a as a county position, a coroner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jen Bannock. Jen Bannock. Yeah. 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 She, sh- That's she right. sure is. That's right. But, I mean, how long is your session here in Pennsylvania? Do y'all have session limits? Um, it's a full-time legislation. Yeah. Legislature. But, um, and y'all get full-time pay, kind of, sort of. North Carolina is supposedly a citizen legislature, and they make $13,900 a year. I think ours are around $96,000 yeah. a year. Okay. Well, big difference, huh? It is a big difference. Yeah. And North Carolina, um, their sessions could be 11 months long. Wow. Um, yes, yes. But in South Dakota, they have 60-day session limits. So they get in, get their work done. Wow. And get out. They're pretty it's efficient truly, out there truly South is Dakota. A, now they can call them in for a special <laughs> session, of course. But, yeah. I mean... You've got to realize they're largely rural. You know, we're a little slower in the South. It yes. takes us 11 months to get done what they can do 60 days in South there Dakota, you Sharon, you know. I know, I know, I know. All right. Well, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. Sharon, if they like our show, what can they do? Well, the best thing they can do for us is to like us, leave us a review, but make it positive we know there's way too much negativity in this world there is tell your friends we grow by word of mouth you know we're the number one podcast in the crna community and uh, we're in the top 50 medical podcasts consistently in the country and uh, you know we want to be number one bringing crna stories and advocacy uh, to uh, the population there you go until next time it's a wrap Attention all certified nurse anesthetists. Are you in need of a reliable and quality continuing education option? Well, look no further than crnaeducation.com. We are an NBCRNA recognized provider offering all four core CPC modules to meet your certification requirements. You can choose from more than 100 AANA prior approved Class A CE credits with 43 articles covering a wide range of anesthesia topics. Need pharmacology CE credits? Well, we've got you covered there as well with over 40 pharmacology CE credits available. All credits are completed online and are mobile friendly. Choose articles worth one, two, or three credits. There's no subscriptions, no hidden fees, just the CE credits you need when you need them. Owned by CRNAs since 2011, you can trust in our commitment to your education. And customer service is always a quick email or phone call or even text away. To sign up and find out more about our education options, visit crnaeducation.com, your partner in continuing education. That's crnaeducation.com.
www.thepowerhouse.com. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out BeyondTheMaskPodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.